Hello, and welcome to a special edition of the Legal Geeks this week. As you can see, there's a theme. <laughs> hey, Josh, I'm here with my partner, Joshua Gilliland. How are you? Wonderful. How are you, Jessica? <laughs> live long and prosper. I'm good, thank you. Of course, I may live longer than you. Um, as you can see, Josh and I, while we have similar attire on right now, Josh was very brave and bold and chose a red shirt while I yes. decided to take the cautious approach and wear a blue Star Trek shirt. And by the way, if you're watching this right now and you don't know that these are Star Trek shirts, I think you're watching the wrong video. <laughs> yes, that's a little concerning if you don't realize what we're doing, the theme that we're working with here. That's right. So Josh, tell us, what are we here to talk about today? We're here to talk about the brave, the fearless, the highly expendable red shirts <laughs> on Star Trek, the original series. <laughs> That's right. All right. Now, why is it, what is it about red shirts and Star Trek? Well, they have a 70% they have a fatality rate in the original <laughs> series. The original series, there, were, there was a marketing company that did the research on this, and, and God bless them for doing it, but they found that 59 Starfleet officers died in the three years of the original series. Holy 40, cow. 43%, 43 of them wore red shirts, making a 70% fatality rate. And so, you know, again, it's you don't see any red shirts with gray hair. No. Um, <laughs> They're all young, fresh out of the academy. They're engineers or they're security guys, and they do the job, and you see them beam down to planets, and you know, oh, we've never seen that guy before. He's marked for death. So, Sorry, dude. Yeah, so when the poor actors would show up for their, uh, you know, their chance to star on Star Trek, and they were handed a red shirt, they were like, oh, so much for multi-show arc here. <laughs> Like even blue ones and, and gold had had their their limitations, but but more on them towards the end. But you know, red shirt deaths were extreme. You know, the only red shirt woman to die was turned into a cube and crushed. <gasps> Ooh, it's like that's that's not good. You're not uh, coming back from that. No, she was toast. She was all gone. <laughs> you, you had you know, hit over the head by angry villagers, exploding rocks. You had being vaporized. You had aliens killing people. You know there you, there was there was no shortage. There was absolutely you no. Know, there there was the computer that vaporized somebody. You know it was putting on the red shirt meant incident rookie was marked for death, and it was a recurring theme and and you know a joke throughout throughout the entire series. And which it's they almost then, like Kenny on South Park, by the way. Like how can we kill Kenny this week? How can we kill us? You know a red shirt this week. Which star they even did a parody about that with a kid in a red shirt with a Star Trek logo who gets <laughs> who got killed in one of the early episodes. So you know nice. they they've also had fun with it. So, uh, <laughs> but that that's they were they they were the security guys. They were the engineers. So again, they were marked for death. So how do you tie red shirts into a legal post? Well, you know when you t take a job. Jobs have mm -hmm. risks, and especially if you're going to become, say, a, a police officer or join the military, you know, your life's in danger when you do that. Or mm -hmm. if you engage in some activity, say, like it's zip lining or something like that, you sign a waiver saying, like, hey, you know, we're assuming the risk that something goes wrong. So we have issues of assumption of risk as a highly dangerous career in becoming a red shirt. Now, for those who are not familiar with the concept of assumption of risk, it requires generally an express agreement 
You can also have implied assumption of risk uh, based upon conduct. And that means somebody has to know about the risk and they voluntarily, you know, assume to go out and do that activity. And, and putting on a red shirt and beaming down with Captain Kirk, Spock, and Dr. McCoy <laughs> seems to be a prime warning sign of things can go wrong for you uh, based on that. So maybe not when the Enterprise first set out to boldly go where no man had gone before, but maybe after a few months on the ship when the guys in the red shirts didn't come back, at some point in there you have to decide where is this annoying assumption of the risk? Well, there's lots of letters home. Now, you got to look at when you join Star's fleet <laughs> that, you know, you're going to sign some documents because no one joins the military and thinks like, hey, there's no chance I will ever get hurt. <laughs> no, no one becomes a police officer or a fireman and thinks that because look what firemen do. They rush into mm -hmm. burning buildings, which brings us to the fireman's rule, which then, you know, has application for, you know, those other high-risk professions. And the fireman's rule, you know, based upon uh, California case law, states a person who is fully aware of a hazard created by, you know, a defendant or another person's negligence voluntarily confronts the risk for compensation. Well, that's what these red shirts were doing. It was their job to go down and make sure the captain was okay. Now, granted, that generally included getting shot by plants. Uh, and, you know, I mean, again, it, it just, just a little weird things to, to, to watch out for. But when, when you think that the job involves boldly going where no one's gone before, mm -hmm. that is, and to seek out new life and new civilizations, that assumes a couple things. That assumes they're all going to be friendly and that they all like the color red. <laughs> Red's an anger color. And maybe that's a universal constant, constant as well that made them target practice for anything. But when it's the, you know, satellite from the... 20th century that's merged with another machine and it's going around vaporizing people, maybe you learn. Maybe you learn that there's risk there. Oh, so there's no hope for the red shirts at this point. They've got no legal recourse. Actually, they do. You know, it, it, oh. would turn, it would turn upon if it was like something normally within the conduct of their job. So if you okay. climb into a, a Jeffrey's tube and there's an accident because short, uh, circuits short out or you're fighting Klingons because that's something that you do. That's like within the normal course of your employment that you can like predict that, that it's foreseeable that stuff like that can happen. It, it, issues then turn upon when you know there's conduct specifically directed at the red shirt, and we have case law that we could look at. For example, there was California case law where a police officer arrested somebody, and he was then leaving with the suspect in hand in the parking lot. And suspect two ran over the police officer, oh. and so and so that was like outside the scope, and like so he was able to sue that person. Conversely, a police officer in a high-speed chase wouldn't be able to recover for their injuries sustained in the high-speed chase unless they could you know, like find something else. But that's something normally within the scope of their employment. So if we look at Star Trek, when you think of uh, you know the Man Trap, which was the first episode that aired, that has the creature that the scientist is harboring that that's a shapeshifter that sucks the salt out of people that that went through a few people that that killed a few people <laughs> and you know there you would recover for that because that scientist created that situation that was placing people in harm also in the ultimate computer uh you had you know the computer that was installed on the enterprise 
to be able to, you know, run the ship with a minimal crew and, and conduct a war game. Well, you know, it, it gains, you know, a sense of identity. And as they vapor- often do. Yeah, and vaporizes a red shirt uh, as it's, you know, it, as it's expanding. And its greater, you know, kind of drags his heels and doesn't help. Uh, you know, and stopping that, and that, that's Daystrom. So it's, it's, it's a bad thing when that happens. So you could argue he should be able to, well, his, his surviving family should be able to recover <laughs> for, for him getting vaporized by this ultimate computer because Daystrom didn't, didn't stop it, didn't turn off the machine at, at that time. So you, you, could, you could make those arguments uh, under, under specific situations. But there's, um, you, get, you always look to the fact, boldly go, where no one has gone before to seek out new life and new civilizations. And you, that, that's going to be a tall order to get over because you purposely are going into the unknown, challenging the unknown. And I think that you assume a lot of risk when you do that. So in other words, I'm going to stick to my blue shirt. I'm going to wish you, Josh, live long and prosper. <laughs> but if I were you, I would take that red shirt off right now. Um, <laughs> Any final words before we sign off and you run and change? <laughs> boldly, boldly go. <laughs> All right. Well, stay geeky, Josh. You too, Jessica. Thank you, everyone. <laughs>